vigilante is just a man lost in the scramble for his own gratification, he can be destroyed or locked up. But if you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, and if they can't stop you, then you become something else entirely. Which is? Legend, Mr. Wayne. Are you ready to begin? It's not who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. You must become more than just a man in the mind of your opponent. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood, I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but as a symbol, as a symbol, I can be incorruptible. I can be everlasting. What symbol? I'm Batman. I won't kill you. But I don't have to save you. I never said thank you. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Mastunas. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. It's Friday the 13th. Yes, yes, it's Friday the 13th. Nothing crazy's happened today. Knock on wood. It's pretty late. Uh, then I normally record. That's just because I had to record me some shadowy flight. Uh, it's been a while since I got an episode out over there. And, uh, you know, with vacation and stuff, things kind of fell a little bit past you know a little bit behind schedule so i had to get that recorded and sent over to jason so we can get that uploaded so now time now the time has come to record some batman begins and i'll tell you this is it guys this is the point where uh what well, this is this is what we've been waiting for i mean no doubt about it we've gone through the crap of uh of the burden and the and the schumacher films and now we're finally at the nolan stuff and man, I, I'm I'm just happy to be here. I'm excited now. There's a lot of reviews out there of uh, Batman Begins, especially probably now, especially with the Dark Knight Rises coming out. You're probably going to be seeing a lot more reviews of Batman Begins out on iTunes. So uh, is what I'm going to say going to be any different than what most people are saying? Probably not. I'm just going to give you my thoughts and my views and opinions on on why I love this film so much. This is my number two favorite film of all time. We all know it's The Karate Kid is my number one. And Batman Begins is my number two. So I have a lot of love for this film. And I'm very happy to be talking this. And, and best of all, we got a lot of new members of the STL Nation. We don't have one. We don't have two. But we have three. Three new people have been inducted into the STL Nation. This flipping awesome. So exciting. And what a perfect episode for it to happen on. None other than Batman. Batman Begins. So I'm super pumped. Now, before we get into the review of Batman Begins, let's get into some movie and music news. Down. We go back, we go forth, we go back, I'm sick with vertigo. 
right now like I told you uh, this segment is gonna be a little bit it's gonna be a lot shorter than it normally is usually I take you know about a good 15 minutes talking about movies and music and TV but due to the Dark Knight Rises I, I've been very careful about where I go looking for information so like I said this is gonna be a, a lot shorter than normal but as far as uh, most updated news now uh, Jackie Chan is in talks for a big maybe, quote-unquote maybe, to be in, in Expendables 3. You know, Expendables 2 is going to be hitting us in August. I can't wait for it. It's going to be some good times. And uh, and they're already talking the sequel. So what, you know, I'm not going to complain whatsoever, you know, whatsoever if they get Jackie Chan up in Expendables 3. I think that would be pretty flippin' awesome. Now there's uh, there's talk of the, uh, the whole reboots of uh, Daredevil. They're going to do a reboot. Originally, uh, David Slade was attached to Daredevil. He's officially left. And then there's also signs of a Fantastic Four that's scheduled to be rebooted and coming out. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, I can really care less in regards to those. I mean, I definitely like Daredevil a lot. I, I, I didn't like the Fantastic Four movies at all. Uh, but, you know, for me, it is what it is. Whenever it shows up is whenever it shows up. So... Now, I am hopefully tomorrow going to go see some Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, funny enough, they have this special going on at my theater. It's uh, Family Weekend or Family Weekday or something like that where they play a bunch of uh, random family films uh, every Saturday throughout the summer. And uh, Amazing Spider-Man is going to be there. And uh, it's only $3.50 for a ticket. Now, my uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, now, granted, I have to go there with a bunch of kids, but it is what it is. Uh, at least they get to see the film because if I don't go see it tomorrow, chances are I'm not going to see it. Now, you're probably going to wonder, am I going to do a review on that? I will do a review on Amazing Spider-Man. However, it's not going to be uh, this month. It's going to be next month, uh, probably one of the first episodes of August just because uh, I only have limited uh, time left this month with... Uh, with uh, Batman Begins and the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises reviews uh, to get out. So I really need to uh, spend as much time as I can on that. But I will get that out to you as soon as I can. So all goes well. Fingers crossed I'll be able to see Amazing Spider-Man and finally be able to see the, the hype that everybody's been talking about. Now for those of you who've been trying to avoid spoilers of uh, the Dark Knight Rises, if you've been taping the talk shows that they've been on, uh, I highly suggest you skip last night's episode of uh, of uh, David Letterman. Evidently there was some major spoilers that were given out on that. So please, 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 if you are, uh, are taping that and thinking about watching it, uh, skip last night's because uh, I've only seen two. And uh, the one that I saw, I was very, very confused on and almost thought that they gave away the ending. And, and I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Even though Christopher Nolan was in the actual interview, I was still kind of confused. So just as a heads up, if you're trying to avoid spoilers and you taped it, make sure you watch it after you see the movie because there were some big spoilers last night on David Letterman. Now, uh, Comic-Con's this week, so there's a lot of Comic-Con stuff going on, especially if you're listening to this now, you want to check in to get glue. Uh, into the Batmobile TV series on Monday on the CW they're going to be doing a, a kind of a documentary kind of thing on all the Batmobiles and Get Glue is giving away a sticker every single day of the new Bat of every Batmobile so the first one yesterday was the TV show today is uh, Batman 89 so make sure you check in that every day because by Monday they'll all be gone uh, tomorrow should be the Batman Returns or Batman 
forever. And then the following day will be a Sunday should be Batman and Robin and Monday should be the Tumblr. So make sure you go in and get glue and check those out. But a lot of Comic-Con stuff going on. Uh, there's actually been uh, talk of uh, Hangover 3. Uh, just so much stuff going on. There's actually synopsis of RoboCop has been given out, which RoboCop looks, you know, they haven't actually showed what RoboCop looks like. But they've uh, released uh, images of Ed 209. He looks flipping awesome. So I'm just super pumped for this movie, man. It's going to be good, good times. All right. So that's what I got right now for this week for uh, for movie news. So let's get into um, some music news. Okay. The biggest piece of music news and the only thing I'm going to be covering is uh, the exit of uh, Steven Tyler uh, from American Idol. Now, American Idol the past two years has uh, kind of reinvented itself. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of blast with uh, Steven Tyler on there and Jennifer Lopez. It's been some good times. However, uh, last year, uh, or I should say this year, Aerosmith kind of uh, got together, uh, made a new album, kind of uh, re reignited their career. So, surprise, not surprisingly, he's left. However, as of today, Jennifer Lopez has announced that she will not be returning and she is leaving as well. So that only leaves Randy, which he's thinking about leaving as well. So I guess that only leaves Ryan Seacrest. Uh, funny enough, Britney Spears went over to um, the X Factor along with Demi Lovato. And seems things have been going good there. So it'll be interesting to see with Steven Tyler and Jennifer Lopez gone how, uh, how it's going to look. You know, every year Jennifer Lopez had a really, you know, a song that she would release along with a, a dance number so it's interesting that they're both leaving it kind of sucks i'll be you know i may never watch it again i guess it all depends on who is the uh judges they're planning on bringing on now i know that that's more uh tv show based but uh aerosmith and jennifer lopez though are musicians and they do have albums out so for me i consider it to be music news so uh if you in fact did care I always found that they had a lot of good constructive criticism that they gave. So I will miss them and uh, and I'll see how how it's going to go in regards to uh, in regards to American Idol. So as far as music news, uh, that's what I got for you. Uh, now let's get into some TV news. You're too much TV. That's what my mother tells me. Alright, for TV news, the only thing I have for you, because like I said, I'm not doing a lot of research because I don't want to get spoiled looking, uh, but this is just from my Facebook and Twitter getting updates. Uh, I found out, and I'm very, very, very excited. Uh, I, I flippin' love this show. Teen Wolf uh, is in fact renewed for season three, and the best part of all, it's getting 24 episodes. You know, normally it only comes, uh, it only comes out and has 12 episodes, but uh, they're doubling it. Uh, so it's a huge hit. I love Teen Wolf. It's one of my favorite shows. I cannot wait for it to come on TV. It's so flipping good. It's definitely one of the only shows I've ever seen where it's better than its own source material. So flipping good. I love that show. It's excellent, excellent, excellent. So I'm super excited and stoked for the fact that we're getting a season three of Teen Wolf. And if you're not watching it, you need to go check it out because the characters are just great. Uh, there's a lot of uh, humor and, and drama and great action and it's just great characters. I love it. Great show. So I'm very excited that we get a season three of Team Wolf. I am super pumped. So that's it, guys, for TV news. That's all I wanted to talk about. So let's get into the review of Batman Begins.
traveled the world to understand the criminal mind. What are you seeking? I seek the means to fight injustice. Your parents' death was not your fault. Your anger gives you great power. Are you ready to begin? Master Wayne, you've been gone a long time. I heard you were back. I never stopped thinking about you. Things are worse than ever down here. What chance does Gotham have when the good people do nothing? I'm gonna show the people of Gotham their city doesn't belong to the criminals and the corrupt. And I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. But it's a symbol. What symbol? Conquer fear. You must become fear. If you make yourself more than a man, I think I have just a thing. Does it come in black? Who are you? And if they can't stop you, he's here. The Batman. Alright guys, Batman Begins time. And uh man, where where do I even start? Uh so flippin' amazing. Uh I love this film. Now, of course, this is uh as you know, part of the Dark Knight trilogy. However, uh Christopher Nolan is all about making one film at a time. So I'm sure when he made this film, he may have thought, okay, what could happen in a sequel? But his main focus was to make an excellent film, and that's exactly what he did. Now, uh, Christopher Nolan, you know, uh, Memento and uh, Insomnia were the two films that uh, that he had done. And the funny thing is, uh, when I listened to the ceremony, because recently uh, Christopher Nolan was in, you know, did his whole cement in the hands and feet over um you know over in hollywood and uh and the and the executive of the wb talked about the one and only time uh that an event happened in their in their office and that was uh they greenlit a film based on a pitch christopher nolan came in and uh gave the pitch of what he wanted to do for batman begins and uh the the main the, the guy at the time contacted his main boss they heard the pitch and uh Christopher Nolan said, I can have it ready for you in 18 months. And uh, and he's like, I can have a tight script for you in 18 months. And, of course, it was very tight. And then uh, and then they greenlit it. So it's the first and only movie uh, in the history of the WB to ever be greenlit based on a pitch. So uh, the movie's flipping awesome. came out in 2005. And, uh, and the theme of this movie, I would definitely say, is fear. Uh, because fear is all about this movie from the beginning to the end, just about the uh, the effects of fear, what fear does, 
uh, fear of motivation, uh, how fear is unhealthy for you, how it, how it can be healthy for you. Uh, it's just a, there's a lot of different themes in this movie that everybody can find uh, here and there. Everything from you know fathers or or whatever it is you you want to find surrogate fathers to uh, you know you want a James Bond flick. I mean, now The Dark Knight is more of like a, a crime drama that just happens to have Batman and Joker in it, but Batman Begins is strictly a Batman film. Uh, and, and here's the thing that's totally different about this movie that you don't get in the past four films. This is the first time that you care about Bruce Wayne and you never care if Batman ever shows up on the screen. In fact, when he gets into the Batman suits, just like Jason mentioned in the last episode of, of Batman and Robin, you only see Bruce Wayne. You know, you're you're along for the ride. Before it was all about you. You know, you're looking at Batman. This time, it's all about you're seeing Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne just is happened to be dressed as a bat. Just so good, so good. So uh, let's get into uh, the basic gist of the film. Now, the film had a budget of 150 million. Uh, the box office is about 372 million. Now, keep in mind, the movie had to kind of work hard for this money because of the fact of it was still, uh, you know, tainished by Batman and Robin. So uh, a lot of word of mouth had to go into had to go into this. And I remember the first time I saw a picture that came out of this movie. It was the picture of the Tumblr, and I was like, that is the most ugliest thing I have ever seen in my whole entire life. I'm like, that's the Batmobile. I didn't know at the time that they were going for um, the year one realistic tone of uh, of Batman. I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, a sequel to Batman and Robin is what I thought it was going to be. But uh I didn't see this movie in the theater, you know, after being burned so bad by ba- Batman and Robin, I saw it on DVD. And uh and I loved every second of it. It was just so mind-blowing. And uh you know, kind of like I talked about in my Batman 89 review, I finally realized what it was like to eat a steak because I had been eating hamburgers my whole entire life. So uh so so amazing. Uh, you know, you have such a killer cast. You know, you have Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, uh, Gary Oldman, Chillian Murphy, Morgan Freeman, and then uh, Katie Holmes, which a lot of people say is the weak point of the film, which I'll talk about uh, when I get there. But the story was written by David Goyer, and the screenplay is by David Goyer and Christopher Nolan. Now, the thing with David Goyer is uh, I was a big fan of David Goyer because of the Blade films. I really, really enjoyed the Blade films. You know, and uh, Christopher Nolan, he needed somebody that really, really knew his comic books. And David Goyer was a humongous fan uh, of uh, of Batman. So it made perfect sense. Now Christopher Nolan is all about keeping things tight. So more than likely, you know, Chris um you know Goyer would probably say this is what we're going to do and he and Nolan would be like, "Okay, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this?" You know, just to make sure the story would t- stay tight. Now the cool thing is is that when they first met, they actually had the scene of the Dark Knight Rises, the scene that we will see at the very end of the film is exactly how it was shot and still remains intact, which is why Goyer said to put a lump in his throat because after all these years and and this story, his ending is exactly the way it plays out, which is flipping awesome. So I can't wait to uh, to finally see it. So uh, the basic plot of this film, uh, which what's really cool is we don't start off as, uh, you know, Bruce is a child and then he goes and gets older. It's kind of all done in a flashback form. 
Now, I'm not saying that it's the f- first movie to ever do it uh, or, or that, you know, Christopher Nolan invented the wheel, but he does an excellent job. And in fact, there's a lot of times where Nolan takes stuff that happened in uh, in the earlier Batman films and says, you know what, this is how you do it the right way. Uh, so essentially, it starts off where Bruce Wayne, you know, as a kid, uh, he falls into this abandoned well, which is uh, full of bats which causes him to you know obviously be super scared the cool thing is is that you know uh, it makes perfect sense now of why he's batman because his greatest fear is bats you know and it's just so flipping awesome that the thing he is the most fearful of is the thing that he embraces and becomes you know i'm just i'm just like bruce i am terrified of bats you know, if there's one in my house, I am just petrified. I'm ready to just pee my pants. And, you know, Bruce had to deal with like a couple, you know, like 10 or 20 of them when he goes down this well. So uh, so Bruce, obviously, he, I would say he's nine years old because they do talk about the time frame of this film, which I'll get into in just a little bit. But he's essentially nine years old when this beginning all goes down here. And uh, you'll eventually find out that uh, his parents get murdered by the hands of the mugger uh, of a mugger, Joe Chill. Which, uh, hello everybody, it wasn't the Joker; it was Joe Chill, as it should have been, just like it was in the comics. Which, of course, uh, leaves him uh, to be raised by good old Alfred, which is played by the ever so awesome um, Michael Caine. And then uh, Chill is actually granted parole in exchange for tes- for agreeing to testify against. Uh, Gotham's at the time crime boss, which would be Carmine Falcone. Now, um, as a young man, Bruce actually goes to the courthouse and he wants to kill uh, Joe Chill for what he did to his parents. But actually, Falcone's uh, men, he had like this assassin guy, uh, take him out first. So now Bruce has his childhood friend, Rachel Dawes, which is uh, played by uh, Katie Holmes. And uh, she is actually the Gotham City district district attorney. And, uh, of course, when Bruce tells her what he was going to do, she gets disgusted because Bruce was going to kill and kind of explains the difference between justice and revenge. She takes Bruce down to where uh, Falcone is and then... uh, he gets, uh, you know, after the meeting with them, he decides that he's going to leave Gotham, leave Gotham and he's going to learn the ways of the criminal underworld in hopes of learning the skills that's going to allow him to one day return to Gotham and uh, and basically free it from crime and corruption. So you actually find out he's been gone for seven years. Now, you know, of course, Bruce is actually in prison uh, he, in the very beginning uh, after he falls in the well, he wakes up, and that's when you actually see that he's in prison. So all this stuff actually happens throughout uh, his training with uh, Ducard, which uh, is played by Liam Neeson. And uh, Ducard is flipping awesome. He he trains Bruce uh, as part of the League of Shadows, how to be a ninja, which of course is led by Ra's al Ghul. Now Ra's al Ghul, uh, or Raish al Ghul, if you will, as they say in the comics or in the video games, but they call Ra's al Ghul in this film. Now the cool thing is, is Ra's al Ghul uh, in the comics, he's like the supernatural immortal guy who essentially found the 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 fountain of youth, if you will. So he's a he's a huge 
um, huge criminal guy, uh, all about destroying the world, trying to, you know, in his mind, trying to create harmony. But uh, he's not supernatural in this film because this is uh, this is the most realistic version of Batman you are ever going to see on film. And uh, the cool thing is, Raza Ghul is just—he's just the league. Of Sh- he's just the leader of the League of Shadows. He's not some supernatural dude. So after Bruce uh, completes his training, uh, Bruce is supposed to lead the League uh, of Shadows, which is to basically take Gotham—you know—liberate Gotham from the evils that's been plaguing it for years. And uh, and in, in killing and Raj needs Bruce to to kill. Uh, this this criminal is kind of like his initiation, but Bruce is all about nope. You know, I, I'm all about bringing justice. I'm not about bringing you know death, which is awesome, you know. But eventually, uh, he burns down the League's temple, which kills Razo Go in the process, and then he actually saves the life of uh, of Ducard. So Bruce returns back to Gotham, and then uh, which he's publicly you know he poses. The cool thing is. He poses as a playboy, but it's done the right way in this film. It's done three ways. You have Bruce Wayne, the playboy, which is the the arrogant douchebag, thinks he owns the world, can buy anything, uh, just the guy you never want to be friends with. Then you have uh, Batman the monster, which uh, once he's in the Batman suit, he's all about uh, fear, and uh, and he's just he's just a pure monster. And then you get Bruce Wayne, the tortured soul, which is what the real Bruce Wayne actually is. And of course, he's only really uh, Bruce Wayne in front of, you know, Alfred and uh, and Rachel and Lucius Fox. Uh, and here's the thing with Batman. Batman's a team, you know, Commissioner Gordon. You know, Batman can't do the things he does if he doesn't have Lucius, if he doesn't have Alfred. You know, Lucius is his... Uh, you know, his gadget guy, the guy that uh, is essentially the one that saves Gotham because he comes up with the antidote for for Scarecrow's uh, toxin. You have Rachel, his uh, his love interest, his best friend. You have Alfred as his uh, his total backbone of the whole entire series, uh, and his, his surrogate father. And then you have Commissioner Gordon, the only true um, non-corrupt cop. Who is just the way it's supposed to be in the comic? Batman and Commissioner Gordon working together. You know the the lethal weapon. You know the Murtaugh and and Riggs. You know it's just it's those two. So Batman's a team. You got to realize that. You know in the other films they just played off as Batman is is the only guy. You know kind of thing. But in these films it's evident that that Batman is just he's just a symbol and they just they just pull it off perfectly. So getting back to the essential uh, plot of the film uh bruce will take interest in his uh family's company uh wayne enterprises where uh he goes to uh kind of the defense department which uh the ceo which is william earl who's a complete douchebag but we won't talk about him for a while uh he intends to take the the company public so bruce meets lucius fox because he figures that hey applied sciences it's going to have the crap that i'm going to need so uh, lucius uh, introduces him to several of all the prototypes that uh, wayne enterprises has including uh you know the the batmobile which is called the tumbler and then there's this uh, protective body suit uh, which they didn't want to spend three hundred fifty thousand dollars on our soldiers and then uh, and then he'll eventually get his utility belt and and you can't consider uh, you know a checklist per se because it's done with so much um, 
you know, there's so much passion and so much heart that you're so emotionally invested in this film that you go along with Bruce on this. When you're just like, oh, okay. When you open this box, you're like, hey, that could be, even though you know it's the utility belt, in the back of your mind, you're just thinking with Bruce, like, okay, how do I make this work for me? You know, it's just, it's just so flipping good. And the cool thing is there's this secret understanding between Lucius and Batman that, you know, I'm going to take this to be a crime fighter, but I'm not going to actually come on and tell you. And, and Lucius says, you know what, I, I'll i just deny when people are asking me, but don't think that I'm an idiot kind of thing, which is flipping awesome. And then uh, Batman reali- or Bruce realizes, because uh, there really isn't Batman, it's Bruce in this film. Bruce realizes that uh, Sergeant Jim Gordon is the only really good cop. And that all the other cops, you know, they're kind of untouchable. And, uh, well, Falcone is untouchable. So uh, Bruce decides that uh, he is going to uh, intercept an illegal drug shipment. And uh, so he goes to this cargo ship. It's where he finally becomes Batman. There's a lot of trial and error about him becoming Batman and how it all works out and stuff. But eventually he's able to get the drugs and Falcone's put away. And uh, and then there's eventually this cargo ship which uh, has this experimental weapon. It's called a microwave emitter, which is really the only quote-unquote comic book aspect of the film, if you will. But what it's used is to microwave uh, an enemy's water supply. So really, uh, it's kind of the only way to get spray or air, you know, like water in the air, kind of like, you know, you take a a spray bottle and you spray it and it, it doesn't squirt out water. It squirts out like mist. So it's kind of like in that aspect, if you will. Now, you're probably saying, Mike, you know, with all this story, who the hell is the bad guy? That's the cool thing. The bad guy is in the background. This is Bruce's movie. This is Bruce's story. This is Batman. There ain't no villains, okay? The villains are secondary, okay? They're like no longer in the front lines. And that's flipping awesome. Our main bad guys are Ra's al Ghul, which, you know, dies in the beginning. Uh, then we have uh, the Scarecrow. Well, we have Falcone, who's just the crime boss. And then you have Scarecrow, uh, who's, uh, you know, Dr. Jonathan Crane, which is played perfectly and in the most reality. Uh, he is, uh, you know, he's the main guy at the mental. Uh, the the mental part of Arkham Asylum, of course, you know it, it's corrupted. So he uses this uh, hallucinogen drug that uh, will cause serious psychosis when you get sprayed with it, uh, which is why the the microwave emitter is essentially stolen. So that way, by putting all the toxin in the water, once they activate the the microwave emitter. It therefore puts that hallucinogen into the air. So really, it's kind of comic booky, but it's not. It's kind of a smart way to take out a whole entire city, if you think about it. It's flipping awesome. Now, you're probably wondering how Scarecrow looks. Well, you should know how Scarecrow looks. Because if you're listening to this, you've already seen the movie. But if you're some weird person out there and you've never seen this movie, okay, Scarecrow has this uh, burlap-like mask Really cool looking. Uh, he's got a suit on. He just puts it on. Once he sprays the toxin, the toxin does all the work. It makes you all scary looking. So he's got all these worms and crap coming out of his mouth. He looks real disgusting. Flipping good stuff. Uh, so um, Batman actually, uh, you know, gets rescued by Alfred because at one point he comes, you know, when he's trying to, to get rid of the drugs, Batman gets exposed to uh, to the drug and then uh, he has to get an antidote from Lucius Fox he's out for like two days 
Now, Rachel goes to Arkham Asylum because she knows that Crane uh, is, you know, he's, there's just he she's always had a thing against crane she just knows that he's full of crap and it's actually revealed that crane's been dumping the toxic into the water supply rachel finds this and then she gets actually hit with the toxin so uh, she has to get rescued by batman and then crane reveals that the toxin is harmless in liquid form uh, but it's only dangerous if it's inhaled so then batman uh inoculates rachel gives her two vials of the antidote and then also gives one to sergeant gordon and then the other one is supposed to go for mass production because lucius is working on that even though he gets fired but we'll talk about that a little bit so we get towards the end of the film there's this big birthday celebration bruce is 30 and uh bruce is confronted by ducard who reveals that he is really ra's al ghul which spoiler alert if you didn't know that ducard was ra's al ghul neither did i here's the thing with ducard he's flipping awesome man he's like the perfect trainer it's just he goes wacko at the very end you know he's like the perfect uh the perfect ninja master you could possibly have and then all of a sudden you go sensei crease at the very last day of your training session i mean that's ducard really which turns out to be Raz al Ghul because he's all about having a decoy. So uh, Bruce, Bruce actually, he's got to fake that he's drunk to get rid of his guests because he doesn't want them to die, uh, which was such an admirable thing that he did, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, so it just has you know him, uh, Raz, and the ninjas. And then Raz reveals that the League's plan is to destroy Gotham uh, because the, the way they do that is, is that they're going to, they stole the microwave emitter. They're going to turn it on and they're going to vaporize the city's uh, water supply, which will create mass hysteria and violence. And then the league uh, can, then the league wins basically. And then what they do is they set fire to Bruce's house, the really awesome mansion. And uh, Bruce gets actually trapped, but Alfred comes, gives him some crap about pushups. He's able to get out. And then the league starts the starts their, their war if you will but they do it in the narrows kind of like the hood if you will of gotham and batman actually rescues rachel uh from this mob that was about ready to kill her and this kid which the kid i actually think is uh is um joseph gordon levitt in the dark knight rises but uh we'll see how that goes because everything's supposed to come full circle when batman begins so i guess we'll see how that plays out and uh and then bruce does reveal his true identity to her uh, doesn't flat out saying Bruce Wayne, but kind of says a line back to her uh, that she had said to him earlier in the film. And then uh, Sergeant Gordon actually takes the Batmobile. And uh, his job is to stop the train because the the train that the Wayne family built uh, is kind of uh, in the center is Wayne Tower. And right below that, if once the train hits that, that's where it'll affect the whole water supply. And then it'll go all in Gotham. So uh, Batman has... Um, Sergeant Gordon try to take out the the tracks so that way the train can't go anywhere. So Bruce, aka Batman, confronts Roz on the train and uh, escapes just in a nick of time. As uh, Gordon used the Batmobile, uh, he uses his missile, blows it up, and he leaves Roz to die in the crash, which we'll talk about. Uh, did Batman kill? Did he not kill? That whole debate that I've been talking about for movies. And then at the very end, Batman does become somewhat of a public hero. And uh, but he actually does lose Rachel in the process because she uh, she loves Bruce, but she knows that the real Bruce is now Batman, and she says that maybe one day when you don't need to be Batman, we can be together. And then of course it ends perfectly with uh, with Bruce 
uh, Batman and Gordon on the rooftop because he just made a new bat signal, which is the Batman Begins logo, which oh, we got to talk about this logo in a minute here. But uh, gives him a Joker card. Uh, that's the way the movie ends. And then, and then, well, you know, he's like, I'll look into it, jumps off the building, and then we get the title card. So first off, the logo. I flippin' love this logo. Amazing. I never thought you could get a much cooler Bat logo than the one that we have with the Batman 89 logo. Screw that, man. This Batman Begins Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises logo, just the, the shape of the bat amazing i love it oh so amazing when i saw it i was just like wow that looks kind of cool and then the more i looked at it the more it got better and better and better just so flipping amazing i love this logo uh great way to uh great way to start off so let's talk about the music all right so the music hans zimmer does the music we don't have danny elfman and man i'm i'm happy you know i mentioned uh in the last bit of movies that the only thing that was missing from batman begins was the danny elfman music i have to say after spending a week of listening to the soundtrack you know trying to figure out what tunes i wanted to play during the review you know to do my intro and stuff i have to admit I have come to, especially with all the Dark Knight Rises and, and that whole with the guys chanting in the background and saying, you know, and then you, it's translated the rise as they say in the trailer. I have to say that this music is better than Elfman's. So good. Because of the fact of it's just, it works and uh, it's so emotional. You know, I would say that the Elfman music, uh, it's still great. I still love it. I think it's epic. But here's the thing. I would consider the Elfman music to be like the uh, the pop song, the pop band uh, of music, if you will. And then you have the Hans Zimmer, Batman Begins, Dark Knight score, which is like your real build-up emotion music. Kind of like, uh, you know, if you take, I don't know, a, a, like a Guns N' Roses, you know, uh, November Rain, okay? That song builds up, right? It's a really long song. Uh, and it kind of doesn't really get to the point till you get to the end. And then when you listen to it, you're like, holy crap, that song was long. And you're just like, but it was so good. Same thing with this. It's It builds up. You know, it doesn't have the, you know, like in sync, bye bye bye, you know, hit you across the head pop song that you're just like, you instantly hear and you know what it is, whether you like it or not. That's how I would kind of consider the Elfman stuff. Versus this Hans Zimmer stuff is the really cool build-up, you know, orchestra, um, you know, November Rain kind of style. If you get what I'm saying, I I know that's probably a bad example, but I'm trying to make two two points. I'm trying to make a point here of that both of the musical styles are awesome. And I'm not talking about NSYNC. I'm talking about like the, the real hardcore pop songs that the moment you hear it, you know it. That's how I consider the Elfman stuff. Uh, and then you love the the epic long songs that you can't hear on the radio that's this kind of music the song that you appreciate the song that has the emotion the song that you're just like this is so good you want everybody to hear how awesome it is that's the Hans Zimmer music to this film so the the music right off the bat I just gotta say amazing I love it I love it it's it's so flipping good so let's talk about all the things that I flip and love in this movie. Okay, we got to call out the fact that uh, DC rips off Marvel, which is cool. You know, they have the logo. You know, Marvel did that whole comic book logo. 
About time DC decided to take a, a playbook out of Marvel, since they won't follow in their same way with the Marvel movies, at least they could steal their idea with the logo. It's cool. I like it. It's good stuff. I love the fact we don't have a title. You know, if you notice in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, we don't get the title till the end of the film. I'm sure it's going to be that way for The Dark Knight Rises. How do you start off a film? With thousands of bats. How flippin' awesome is that? And here's the cool thing with Christopher Nolan. Everything he does has a real effect in it. Like, he may use some CGI, but he never... He never does a full-blown. He always has a real person or a real building or a real atmosphere and uses the CGI to enhance the the scene, if you will. So, like, if there's a scene and there's no bats around, he'll add the bats in there to make it more scary kind of thing. So, the beginning is awesome because the thousands of bats make the outline of the new bat logo. I love it. Awesome. I love the uh, the cave. You know, Bruce falling in the cave. I love the cinematography there, the slow motion falling in the cave, having a thousand bats swarm at you, and then you wake up and and you're, it's just a nightmare. I mean, man, I, I would totally have, I'd totally be like that too. But I love how this film is done. You know, I, whether or not it's been done in film before, I just love how Christopher Nolan decided to uh, tell this movie in flashbacks because you don't, you won't get bored that way. You know, if you're just telling them as a kid getting older, you could get kind of bored. If you just have them be an adult and then like he spends five minutes being a kid, it, it would suck. So the way they do it is perfect. It's perfectly balanced. You get enough of him as being nine years old and then you get enough of him being in the jail and giving the story and getting his training and everything. Done really well. I mean, the first 45 to 50 minutes of this movie is just so amazing. And I'm not saying the last half anything's wrong with it. But this first half is just so tight. It's just point A, point B, point C, point D. I mean, it's just flawless. It looks great. I love the mountain scene. You know, when you play the the music, it just kind of builds. Because Hans Zimmer said that the Batman theme, which, okay, I know there's supposed to be a a superhero theme when you, you hear the first three notes, you automatically know it's a theme. You guys know that when you hear the Batman Begins Dark Knight song, you know, the, when you hear the music, you instantly know it's from this movie. It may not be a quote-unquote theme, but you know that it's Batman Begins. Or you know it's a Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises by the, you know, by that song, that by the theme that plays. The really long kind of horn sound, you know, and then it builds up in the background. You got the drums going really fast. Just so, just so flipping amazing. I love it. But the cinematography is just crazy how... You can tell you're not on a sound stage. It just looks beautiful with the mountains. And, oh, I just, I love how that looks. It's so good. Now, what I really like is when Bruce is fighting in the jail, it's raw. You know, it's like, you know that Bruce can fight, but he, but it's really raw. You know, it's like he's not very coordinated, but he can totally kick your ass at the same time. But then when he goes to the League of Shadows, now he's just death. You know, he's now, if he's officially learned how to kill you. You know, back then, uh, back in the jail, he could totally just, you know, make you bleed and break your bones. But now, after his training with the League of Shadows, the dude can flip and kill you. You know, so I really like the aspect of how they show kind of the rawness of his fighting technique in the jail. Uh, good stuff. Now, Liam Neeson is Ducard. I love it, man. I, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, 
I thought he was a good guy. This whole film. I didn't. Uh, lucky for me, I didn't get the spoilers that he was going to show up at the end. Uh, I, maybe I thought he would show up, but I didn't think he'd be the bad guy. You know, the fact of he, the way he trained him. And, and here's the thing. Uh, he only talks about his wife dying. He doesn't talk about his kid. Because in this universe, Ra's al Ghul doesn't have a kid. Okay? So you got to get that. You got you to gotta remember that. When he tells a story about how you... You know, you have so much pain, you wish that they never survived. He's only talking about his wife. Talia isn't in, uh, she's not mentioned in this, so if she's supposed to show up in The Dark Knight Rises, which as far as I know, if she doesn't, Raza Ghoul does not have a kid. So let's get that straight for all you reviewers out there that said that she had a kid. She doesn't have a kid, or he doesn't have a kid, he doesn't have a daughter. Okay, you gotta listen. Open your ears, you gotta listen to what's being said. He only says his wife, never brings up his daughter. So if he does bring it up in The Dark Knight Rises, that will be uh, a shock because of the fact that in this universe, they're playing off that he just has a wife. So I just wanted to, to clarify that for all you guys out there to think that he's talking about his wife and daughter, which he's not. So, uh, But I just, this whole training. Uh, it's just so good because you get to see how Bruce got his, uh, you know, uh, his gloves, you know, like the, the part of the, the three wings that, you know, can catch a sword. You know, you finally get to see how he got that. You get to see how he gets his bombs and everything like that. Uh, I just love the whole training aspect. And the cool thing is this all takes place in seven years. You never would guess that until later on. And the things that Ducard says, you know, like if you make yourself more than just a man, you know, and, uh, if you make yourself an ideal, it's just the things he says are just so great uh it's just amazing and just as um the whole sequence when uh bruce is kind of in his final test uh i really dig the fact of uh you know he's dressed up like a ninja and it's just like my wife's like oh i never knew that bruce was a ninja i'm like this is how the story is baby not that crap you saw in batman 89 this is the real bruce bruce wayne batman he's been a flipping ninja how do you think he can fight so good why do you think he's got such good uh you know fighting techniques and it's just why he's so focused because he's a flipping ninja man uh so flipping good i just i love the fact of the respect that is paid here and, and the batman year one that's taken to the correct it's just done right uh so awesome now i love the uh why do we fall bruce you know so we can pick ourselves up i i love the uh i love that because it's definitely a theme you know why do we fall so we can pick ourselves back up you know that's definitely a running theme throughout this trilogy you know as as one of the posters says uh the hero begins part two the hero falls part three the hero rises you know and that's just all that's what bruce's story is all about is just uh, a hero that uh that falls and learns to pick himself back up again so he can be stronger and uh and i love alfred you know michael kane is is was born to play this role and uh i love it when he just tells bruce you know when bruce always says to him you haven't given up on me and he's like never it's just you could just see the love uh between these two and you know Alfred is the backbone of this whole entire trilogy. No doubt about it. I'm very interested to see how the whole letter, the burnt letter from Rachel is going to go and play out in Batman, you know, in The Dark Knight Rises. But uh, I love Alfred. Uh, he's so good, so funny. And uh, he is obviously the one that has the most comedic relief in this film. Now, uh, when they're showing you this stuff when Bruce is a kid, I really like the fact that they, they show you that the dad works at a hospital instead of working at Wayne Manor. So you immediately know that the Wayne family is all about helping people, which really is kind of in Bruce's DNA 
of why he wants to be Batman is to is to inspire and to stop the criminal. You know, he wants to do the greater good and that's help his fellow man. You know, he learned that from his dad, which is pretty awesome. You know, his dad could have been rich and be like, you know, I don't have to work or I'll just work at Wayne Manor, but he was all about working at a hospital and helping people. I mean, how how much better could this guy be to just devote his life to helping other people instead of, you know, because he's rich you know it's just it's awesome I, I love how they how they did that it was he's so likable and you understand why Bruce has such a strong character and he learned it from his dad now uh, when Joe kills the parents you know it was actually done the right way because you know my wife just watches the movies doesn't know anything she's like oh uh, isn't that Joker I'm like nope that's Joe Chill that's the guy that actually killed his parents in the comic books now the funny thing is is the mom they never show her speak or anything like that it's all it's all through the dad uh but i I don't have a problem with that Uh, i think it was done for a specific reason uh you know his dad was the most influence in his life not saying that he didn't love his mom or anything but i think they just chose to show the dad for a specific reason because of uh he only had a short amount of time to be on screen and what he had to say and, and and convey on screen was to get the point across to uh to to help others you know do the golden rule kind of thing you know so good stuff uh, but yeah, it's great seeing Joe Chill uh, was the person behind uh, killing the parents instead of the Joker, which obviously, you know, Nolan's taking it from the year one comic there. Now, what's really cool is we get to see Commissioner Gordon uh, is the one that comforts Bruce. Now, I think this is going to come into play. Like I said, it's been said numerous times that Batman Begins is going to come full circle. You know, the Dark Knight Rises comes full circle with Batman Begins. So you got to look for those little clues. I think that uh, Bruce is going to confide in, in, in Gordon, especially from the teaser trailer where you see Gordon in the hospital bed. I think that's Bruce talking to him about that he's Batman, you know. So, uh, and just because, you know, you were there for me as a kid, I think I should tell you that our partnership, uh, I don't want to base on a lie anymore. I think you need to know who the real Batman is kind of thing. So I just love that. Good stuff. Uh Commissioner Gordon is excellent. He's not a, a tool like he was in the other movies. Uh, he is just amazing. Uh, Gary Oldman, good times. He is born to play this role, no doubt about it. Now, the uh, the fight on the ice. Uh, that was actually in the special features talked about how they only, uh, they only had a limited time to shoot that scene. The way the sun was going down, they wanted to get the shot. So I'm pretty sure that was done in one take. Uh, the whole fighting on the ice and sliding. Obviously, uh, the falling in the water was done a different time, but that whole fighting on the ice and the talking and everything like that, that was all done in one take. Uh, I love that. It looks beautiful. It's great. Um, so good. I really love it when, uh, you know, as I talked about earlier, Ducard telling the story about what happened to his family and stuff. And uh, it's just, it shows you the emotional side, which is why, you know, without, luckily I didn't know he was the bad guy. Uh, I was shocked when I found out that he was really the real Ra's al Ghul and was the, the bad guy because he just had so much emotion. I mean, it was the perfect uh, pull the pull the carpet from underneath you. I thought it was great. Uh, just this whole scene really sold me on, on his true intentions that he really uh, does care for Bruce and wants to show him the right way. So when we finally get to the scene where he wants Bruce to kill this guy, it was kind of like, what? You know, it's like, you serious? Which is, it makes perfect sense because Bruce feels the same way. Just like, oh, well, I don't want to kill him. I'm not an executioner. And he just kind of looks at Ducard like, you can't, you can't really be like this. 
you know the person you've known for seven years all of a sudden it's turning out to be evil you know us as the audience at this point if you were if you're really going along with it you're just like bruce and like how could you be so uncompassionate you know it's great it's perfect i love it it's just that whole that whole sequence when things turn around man it's good stuff so let's talk about uh the league of shadows blowing up so people are just like okay Batman doesn't kill blah 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 but he kills a bunch of folks in the League of Shadows. Okay. Number 1, this is uh Batman year 1, okay? So he's going to be a little bit rusty. He's not going to be able to save everybody. And uh and most of the people got out. I'm not sure if anybody died. And it's not like he killed uh Ra's al Ghul uh, in regards to uh the decoy. A roof fell on the guy. It's not like he pushed him into the roof. It just he went he jumped out of the way, a roof came and knocked him out, you know, and killed him. So, I mean, the place blew up. Yeah, but look at him. Bruce went to, he was going to sacrifice his life to save his, to save his best friend. Even though his best friend had just turned on him and said, uh, you know, going against everything he's taught him for the past seven years, he was willing to go off that cliff and die to save his life. I mean, that right there, people, seriously, get over yourself. Bruce didn't flip and kill the League of Shadows, uh, obviously, because they show up at the end of the film. It's just the building blew up. You know, the place caught on fire. It took a long time for that building to blow up, okay? And this is movie time we're talking about. This scene took like four minutes. So at least... 30 minutes went by in movie time. So seriously, get over yourself. Bruce didn't kill anybody. I'm sure everybody got out. Uh, they don't want to spend the time on it. And that whole scene proves that Bruce did not want to kill anybody when he was willing to sacrifice himself and go, you know, because what if he didn't get to the legend time and catch him? You know, he was willing to take that chance. So Bruce is all about heart, man. Unlike the other Batmans who are just about killing people. So. Now, I love the payoff that we get uh, with the pull it down brick by brick. You know, when they show, you know, the flashback scenes where Bruce doesn't want to be home and he talks about how it's his father's house and he'd take the place and, and, and pull it down brick by brick. And then at the very end of the film, we get the payoff of I'm going to rebuild it brick by brick. It's like the man was torn down and he was built back up by the end of the film perfect payoff most people don't notice that line but it's true it really is a payoff it's bruce the broken soul uh willing to take down his house brick by brick and by the end of it the man has come full circle uh well i mean full circle to the to the aspect of he's not down and out like he was in the beginning of the film so i love that line it's good stuff and we get a payoff on that all right, so let's talk about Katie Holmes. So Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes. Uh, I, I always like Katie Holmes, you know, from Dawson's Creek. And uh, Disturbing Behavior was the film that I really enjoyed her in. So 99.9% of people will say, I love Batman Begins, but Katie Holmes sucked. That was the weak point of the film. Uh, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal did a better job as Rachel in The Dark Knight. But I don't think Katie Holmes sucked at all in this film. I think she did, uh, you know, she wasn't cheese factoring. I mean, she's the weakest character uh, or actor. I mean, when you're flipping against Morgan Freeman, Gary Oldman, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, you're going to look weak, okay? I'm just saying. I mean, if she was in another movie, she'd probably be the top of her game. But she did a good job for what she had working with her. She was good. She didn't phone it in. Uh, she doesn't make the movie horrible at all. Some people would, would argue with that. That's fine. Uh, you know, you're all entire, entitled to your opinion. Luckily, mine's correct. I'm just saying. I'm just messing with you. But I'm just saying, Katie Holmes, for me, uh, is it works. But... 
was I pissed that she wasn't in The Dark Knight? No, Maggie Gyllenhaal, I thought, uh, brought a, a more mature version of Rachel. But uh, at that point in time, you would be more mature. You're supposed to get more mature as you go on. So all in all, I did Katie. She's not too bad in this film. Now, you were probably wondering earlier how I got Bruce's age. Well, here's the thing. When you're at the trial uh, with Joe Chill, they talk about uh, his 14 years served already. And then when Bruce uh, has been gone for seven years and then at his birthday party, he's 30 years old. So if you take 30 minus 7 minus 14, you get 9. So that's how I figured out Bruce was 9 years old when this all went down. Now, uh, when Katie Holmes slaps uh, Bruce Wayne in the face, you know, Rachel slaps Christian Bale. Or when Katie Holmes slaps Christian Bale in the face, man, that had to hurt. Oh, you could just feel that slap. I mean, you could just see after the after the second slap, the the red just build up in his face. That had to hurt. So props to those two for uh, keeping a straight face and for Christian Bale for letting Katie Holmes slap him around like that, man. Good stuff. I really like that scene because it was really Rachel getting through to Bruce. And uh, and here's the thing: uh, people kind of ask, when did Bruce decide he wasn't going to kill? Well. You know, because obviously in the League of Shadows, he didn't want to kill the assassin. And he flat out told uh, Roz or Ducard that, you know, uh, justice is the way to go. Vengeance means nothing to me. The point where things changed was uh, after Joe gets killed and he comes out of Falcone's. When he looks at the gun and you see the flashback of his parents getting murdered, that's when he throws the gun in the water. That was the point that Bruce decided to have his his moral code of never kill. Which, I mean, makes sense. You know, his a gun is what killed his parents. Why would he want to, you know, be around be around that? So that's kind of the turning point of when Bruce decided that he was going to switch from being a killer. Because remember, he was going to go kill Joe Kill. To uh, and then of course things didn't work out. Luckily, thank God it didn't work out. But that's the point when things changed and when he got his moral code of never to kill. That's the scene where it happened. So if you're looking for it or you you want to know where it is, that's the scene you need to look. Now uh, I love the bum. You know the bum when he when he says he's gonna go away and he's like you know nice coat. He's like take this. You know people will be looking for me. I love the payoff when uh, he eventually becomes Batman and you see the bum at the at the at the fire and he picks up Falcone after he says I'm Batman. He just looks at him and says nice nice coat. I love the bum. Good stuff. And then uh, Falcone. Good stuff. You know uh, the guy that plays Falcone. Uh, I believe the uh, the actor's name is uh, let's see what's his name Tom Tom Wilkinson. Uh, this was the first movie I had seen him in. I thought he did a great job. He was deaf. Definitely uh, plays a crime boss excellently. I love his whole in the restaurant thing and talking about power and paying people off. He was very, very good. I, I enjoyed him every second he was on screen. He was excellent. Now, I mentioned earlier about uh, how fear is the theme of this. I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, the, it talks about fear in the beginning, the fear of bats. Uh, Ducard always talked about, we'll take your fear and, and turn against it and, uh, you know, breathe in your fears. And that's when Bruce had the hallucinogen of seeing all, uh, you know, all those guys looking like that. And he had to have all the bats come around him. So fear is is most definitely the most common theme of this film. And, uh, and it's just so good because you can take your fear and make it strength. You know, when you finally conquer your fear, you become so much stronger. And that's the whole thing. Bruce took his greatest fear, which was bats. 
and he made it his strength which you know by the end of the film he's a totally different person because he took all of his weaknesses and just turned it around and that's kind of the message of this film is that you you're deepest darkest fear uh if you let it control you it will consume you but uh if you if you stand against it and turn around it can be it could be your strength so i i just love that man ducard he's just man they they plant such good messages in this film it, it's i mean you could you couldn't get that crap out of the burden and schumacher films you know it was all about hey popcorn let's make some money this is real storytelling is what it is now uh, alfred's jokes uh, they're so good in this film you know the whole you know when bruce returns and they're talking about the symbol and uh, he's like, no, sir, you know, I was talking about protecting myself uh, when he's just like, you know, uh, you could take the rolls out. Just make sure you bring it back with a full tank of gas. It's just so flipping good. I love I love his jokes, uh, you know, not wanting to go in the back cave. It's all right, sir. I'll stay back here. You go ahead. You know, it's just so awesome. And and the best part about this, uh, the whole Bruce becoming Batman is they didn't just you know, say, bam, he's Batman. I mean, they showed his mistakes. They showed his uh, his suit, how he had to learn, you know, okay, I can't do this. I need to find something that works for this. How putting the mask together was uh, very flexible. And he's like, Alfred's like, just don't land on your head. It's just so awesome how they show the, the trials and errors of becoming Batman. It wasn't just to put this on. I know what I'm doing. I'm ready to rock and roll so flipping good i love that it's like one of my favorite parts of this film is the whole you know bruce figuring out how to be batman and the spray paint scene and the music and uh making the bats and and the best part of all why bats mr wayne bats frightened me now it's time that my enemies you know learn my dread Uh, just some along those lines just so good and then when batman first shows up on screen it's like a horror movie all of a sudden we we switch over to this like dramatic film to a horror flick where bruce is uh grabbing all these folks and uh you know pulling them inside a, a, a crate and uh, he's up in the sky and lands on people and the music's the way the music is it's just so scary man it's so good i mean horror movies can't even be this good they should hire nolan for all the horror movies coming out from now on because he actually knows how to scare people so good and uh and i love the smart ass bruce you know when when he shows up at, at wayne manor and you're supposed to be dead. Sorry to disappoint. I just love the Playboy Bruce, the the real cocky, arrogant jerk off. It's just so good because it's not the real Bruce Wayne. Nobody's ever played Bruce Wayne the right way. Nobody's ever played Bruce Wayne, the Playboy, uh, the chauvinistic pig, uh, the tor- and then play Bruce Wayne, the tortured soul, and then Batman, the monster. Nobody's ever done that right. Christian Bale did it. Christian Bale is our Batman. Nobody. Oh. Man, it's going to, I don't know who the hell is going to take over for this franchise, you know, for the reboot. But man, the bar has been set so high. I don't know how you can do it, people. Whoever you get to do it, good luck to you because uh, you got to try to beat Nolan's three people. Or not Nolan. You got to try to beat Bale's three different personas. And then, of course, the person that brings the biggest smile on my face, Morgan Freeman, Lucius Fox. The Q, quote-unquote, of, if you will, you know, the Q of James Bond of the Batman franchise. The guy that gives him all of his gadgets. You know, it makes perfect sense. Bruce, you know, Wayne Enterprises almost owns the military, almost, which makes perfect sense how, how he could get all this crap. It's so awesome. And I just love Lucius. He's just so 
Like, he's so intelligent that he knows exactly what Bruce is doing, but will never flat out come and say it. And then when Bruce tries to, you know, kind of admit it, he kind of stops him and just says, look, Mr. Wayne, the way I look at it, all this is yours anyway. Anybody asks me about it, just don't, you know, don't consider me an idiot. And the whole Tumblr, does it come in black? And, of course, that pays off with the Dark Knight Rises, as we know. Because, uh, yes, Mr. Wayne, it does come in black. So it's just, I love how we're going to be getting the payoffs in the Dark Knight Rises. You, you, know, you can tell that based on the trailer. So I love Lucius Fox. Uh, he is just amazing. Uh, I love every second he's on film. Excellent. Which I was broken hearted by the end of the Dark Knight because I thought he quit. I thought he was done. But my wife actually had to explain to me, uh, which we'll get there next week. But uh, she had explained to me that he actually didn't quit uh, because of the fact of the machine blew up at the end. So now there's two favorite ultimate favorite parts in this whole entire film. Uh, I'm going to talk about the second one first. Uh, now, I know I'm kind of kind of jumping a little bit here, but uh, right before he becomes Batman, when he decides to go in the cave and he puts the light up and the thousands of bats surround him, that is so breathtaking because you're seriously taking your fear and slapping it across the face. You're just like, get out of here. I mean... I, I'm fearful of snakes and spiders and bats. And if I went into a room full of spiders uh, and just said, go ahead and crawl on me or, oh, man, I just I couldn't do it. You know, and especially bats. Oh, I'm terrified of bats. And to do what he did just to go in the cave and close your eyes and just have them surround you and just say, screw you, fear. So flipping good, man. Oh, and now you know why they picked Scarecrow to be your main villain of your first movie. Because he's all about fear. And fear is the theme of the film. So oh, I love that's my second favorite scene of the whole entire film. And speaking of Scarecrow, Jonathan Crane. Awesome. Excellent job. Not in the film too much. But when he's on, Killian Murphy does a superior, excellent job as a Scarecrow. I love how they make him uh, realistic and how it could so work. You put on that piece of crap mask. You flip some hallucinogen, you know. I mean, think about it. Hallucinant drugs. I mean, just go get some, what, uh, mushrooms or ecstasy or whatever it is these kids take nowadays. Pop some of those and you'll have hallucinogen. Same thing, man. It's just in spray form instead of ingesting it as a pill. That's all that the only difference is between the drugs of today and what he's doing. He just took the pill version and made it into a spray version. So, I mean, the guy's oh, he's so scary, man, because he takes your fears and turns it against you. And I just love Scarecrow as a character. And uh, and, and it's just done very, very, very well in this film. Now, uh, the Playboy uh, Bruce that we get to see more of is when he shows up uh, in his Lamborghini and you see the Illinois plates. I'm like, yeah, Illinois plates. Because, you know, I'm from Illinois, which, you know, you probably didn't realize those are Illinois plates. But if you are in Illinois, that's what the license plate looked like in Illinois. So Jameson should know because he's on he's 20 minutes away. You know, he's 20 minutes from the border from me, even though he's two hours away. But he knows what Illinois plates look like. So he could totally back me up on that if he didn't believe me. But, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. And I love when he's just like the guy says nice car and he goes, you should see my other one. And uh, and I love how he has to play, you know, I'm buying this hotel and he just wants to, you know, they start talking about Batman and anybody who dresses up as a bat clearly has issues. I just love how he loves to mock himself. So good. Um, I love the Playboy side, especially because, you know, 
Alfred is just yelling at him. You know, if you're going to have bruises like that, you got to come up with something. And, and then Bruce is just like, what does a guy like me do anyway? And then that's when Alfred gives him all of his suggestions, you know, drive fancy cars and uh, buy stuff you can't, uh, that's not for sale and all that stuff. Uh, I, I love that whole Playboy scene of uh, just showing you the arrogant jerk of Bruce Wayne. It's good stuff. Now, the uh, the teaming up of uh, Bruce and Gordon, uh, you know, I like how he's like, now we're two. That's kind of when the team starts, you know, when Bruce still isn't quite Batman yet and he's trying to figure it out, but he knows that Commissioner Gordon or Sergeant Gordon is the way to go. I love how he just kind of puts the stapler to his head and just says, an hour two. That's kind of the beginning of, of the friendship uh, and the team building there. Uh, and it's just, it's so good. It's building the foundation and they do that so well. And of course, his uh, his partner Flask. Uh, I loved him in uh, Too Fast, Too Fast, Too Furious. He was the he was the crook cop in that movie. He actually had a rat on his stomach that was going to eat through his stomach uh, with fire. Oh, it was, it was a crazy scene. But this guy always plays a bad cop. But uh, I love it. You know, later on, you know, Batman's got him up and just says. Where were the other drugs going? You know, swear to God, swear to me. You know, oh, so good, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I just, oh, I, I cannot tell you how much I love this film. Can't you tell? It's just so flipping good. I'm having a good night, man. I talked about one of my favorite all-time episodes of Knight Rider, and tonight I'm talking my second favorite film of all time. It just doesn't get any better than this, folks. Now, uh, the cape. Uh, the cape was actually made uh, for this film. They actually made their own material, uh, which is really, really cool. Uh, they tested it out, and uh, and they took two different kind of fabrics, put it together, made their own, So, which is really awesome. Just like the, the tumbler was its own, uh, which I'll talk about in just a little bit, uh, but uh, that was made specifically for the film. It was designed... And uh, I guess we'll talk about it now. The Tumblr. Man, this thing is butt ugly, but it's flipping awesome. And here's the great thing about the Tumblr. Everything you see in this movie, it actually did, okay? The whole jumping on the roof, it actually did that, okay? It may not have been done as, as extensively. They probably only jumped two or three roofs. But uh, the speed that it does, all the damage that it does to other vehicles and all the jumping and stuff, it really, really did that. Uh, it was, uh, it can actually go like 120 to 130 miles per hour or something like that. I actually have uh, kind of like the blueprints of it. And uh, one of the things it says uh, is that the tumbler can jump four to six feet up without the benefit of a ramp just by jumping its air folds into the air and using its jet engine for thrust at maximum speed this is enough vertical movement for the vehicle to leap in axis of 100 feet without any sort of incline and uh, the vehicle is actually half hummer uh, and half uh, half ferrari i believe put together um i i have two books on it uh the book i'm currently looking at now to read you that unfortunately doesn't tell me the vehicle it is but i'm i know for a hundred percent fact it's half uh half uh hummer uh, the other half was another vehicle that they put together. Just like the original Batmobile from 89 is two hybrid vehicles put together. So the Tumblr is flipping awesome. And then if you played the Batman Begins uh, video game on PlayStation 2, you got to be you got to use this vehicle and just tear up a bunch of crap. It was so much fun. Uh, I love this. So awesome. But I love the Tumblr, man. It's some good stuff. Uh, and, of course, it's in Chicago tearing up the streets love Chicago. This is my downtown. I was about 20 minutes away from where this filming took place uh, in downtown Chicago where they were, you know, going, tearing up all the cars and stuff like that. It's awesome. 
there was actually one scene I forgot to mention. The uh, you know when Batman, you know during the quote unquote horror movie scene, uh, when uh, Batman's taking out those uh, those guys. Uh, I love it when the guy's shooting in the air. He goes, "Where are you here?" That pays off, man. Because in uh, in the Dark Knight Rises, uh, you know Catwoman will kind of take another dude and say he's behind you, and and he goes where, and he goes here. Just does the same thing. I'm like, man, pay off, awesome. So I, I flip and love that good stuff. Uh, it's a great way to introduce Batman because it's the first time you actually see him talk. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that man. Uh, part of the whole horror movie section of the film, good stuff. And uh, and the suit looks amazing. I love it. I mean, of course, I gave the props to the Tim Burton Michael Michael Keaton costume, but of course, this is this is as good as it gets. To be honest. Part of me prefers this one over the Dark Knight. I, I like the Dark Knight one in regards to the headpiece being able to move, but the way it actually looks, uh, I dig this one better than the Dark Knight uh, than the Dark Knight costume. But you know what? It is what it is. I can't change anything. But I really do love the way this looks, and I love that sh- that shot where it's like uh, it's dark, it's like nighttime, and they just have the lights around uh, Batman as he's sitting on top of like that gargoyle. And it looks like his cape is like Spawn's cape where it's like 50 feet long just hanging there. But obviously he's crouched down on the on the gargoyle and able to be able to do his cape that long. I love that shot, man. It's so good. Such a great shot. Uh, it's like the perfect amount of lighting and, and moon. And oh, man, so flipping good. And of course, uh, when he gets tasered, isn't that hilarious when he gets tasered? Because he just sits there like it doesn't affect him. And then he just throws the taser down. Uh, I mean, that tells you how good the suit is. So that was just priceless. Now, he does get to move his head. He got to move his head more uh, than any other actor had done in the past. But for the Dark Knight, uh, they had to spend... uh, There was the longest thing it took to do was to create the new headpiece so that way uh, it wasn't attached to where he can move his head completely to the left and completely to the right Uh, which I love that aspect Um, I I should say that um, the I love the way it looks from like uh, like the chest down I love the way the suit looks the Batman begins but the head though is awesome in the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises which I love the fact they kept the same costume uh, for the Dark Knight Rises they decided not to change it which was awesome good stuff uh, but yeah I, I just I love how he just sits there getting tasered and just kind of throws it down now um, I do love the line the whole uh, it's not what you are uh, underneath it's what you do that defines you uh, which is really great, you know. It's kind of part of the whole fear, uh, you know. Letting, letting, um, you know, it's not how you feel inside, but how you, you know, actions speak louder than words is really what that means. So uh, good stuff. And I, of course, I love how that one line is what's used to, exp- you know, tell Rachel that hey, I'm Bruce Wayne, I'm Batman. So uh, I like that line. It's good stuff. It's obviously a lot better than the reveal in Batman '89 of you know pale under the moonlight crap so good stuff uh i really enjoy that line now uh let's talk about the voice a lot of people have a issue with the voice if you notice um it's not really too heavily in this film you know the whole uh 
dark, gritty voice. I mean, that's more for the Dark Knight. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, and as my wife said, uh, and you know, she, like I said, she's not a hardcore, you know, Batman fan, but she's just like, yeah, all those other actors, you could totally tell that they were Bruce Wayne. At least, at least Christian Bale, you can't tell that it's Bruce Wayne, which makes perfect sense. You know, just as uh, I've heard over at Modern Earth, uh, at Modern Myth Media, uh, they always say, well, you're going to complain about the voice. How do you want it to sound? And nobody ever has an answer. You know, do you want it to sound like Darth Vader? I mean, what's the deal? So he he does it perfect. Leave him alone, okay? He he changes his voice up. That's something that uh, no other Batman had ever done before. So chill out, okay? Why don't you go take a long walk up a short pier? Because you need to get over yourself if you have issues with the voice, okay? I'm just saying that it works, okay? Because of the fact that you can't tell it's Bruce Wayne. That's the whole point. So if you have an issue with the voice how would you want it to sound? Because guess what? The way it is on film is the way that they're going to keep it. So sorry that they didn't listen to you, but that's kind of how it is, people. Now, I want to talk about the kid. Uh, That's the kid that uh, sees uh, Batman, and he's like, it's you, isn't it? The kids will never believe me, and Batman's cool enough to give him his toy. Uh, I really think that this is John Blake from The Dark Knight Rises. It makes perfect sense because of the age time frame that everything takes place in. Uh, It would make perfect sense that this kid, especially if they're doing the whole full circle of the dark of Batman Begins makes perfect sense that this kid would be John Blake. I've I've kind of always thought that, and there's a couple other people uh, that I've you know heard on podcasts and, and have read that thinks the same way. So uh, that's my theory is that the kid is John Blake. Uh, I think he's really cool, especially the whole uh, scarecrow scene and, and Rachel protects him and Batman will save us. You know, it's some I, I love the kid. I think he's good times. He's not annoying at all. Uh, very, I'm very excited and hopefully, I hope he turns out to be John Blake. Uh, if he doesn't, I'll be a little disappointed, but oh well. And uh, you got to love Lucius, man, with his smart comments about, you plan on gassing yourself tonight, Mr. Wayne? I mean, he's just got, they have such a great sarcastic relationship together. It's so good. I, I just love it. And, uh, and the whole end sequence Man, this is good. Now, here's the thing. Alfred's all been a, has been about the whole movie. The name, you know, of of the Wayne family. The name means more than than you imagine. And the fact of you know, he Alfred had specifically said you need to go out to that party because you need to live up to the Wayne to Wayne name. And when Ra's al Ghul, you know, is revealed that Ducard is Ra's al Ghul and it's going to kill everybody, and he's like, you know what? Let me get rid of everybody. He's willing to taint his name to save people's life. That's sacrifice, people. All right. I mean, he knew. Uh, I mean, he went out there. He knew what Alfred was saying, but his purpose was to was to save people's lives, not take them. That's good stuff, man. You may not have noticed that, but you need to watch that again because he really is sacrificing his himself there. Especially when he hears the line, "The tree has fallen very far. the The apple has fallen very far off the tree." You could just see the heartbreak in his face when he hears that line. Like, man, what have I done? But I had to save people's lives, and uh, and I love Demon Batman. <laughs> I call him Demon Batman because that's when uh, you know when Crane gets the toxin. Uh, have some of your own medicine doctor and he sees the the nasty demon batman face in the video game it looks really cool but in the movie obviously it looks better but i just love how he looks like a demon it's so good man i mean you never would 
Oh, I, I can't explain, express how awesome that is. Now, let me talk about my favorite scene of the whole entire film, which, to be honest with you, is actually my favorite scene in all of the Batman films, period. And probably the greatest Batman image I have ever seen in my whole entire life. Uh, you know how they say a picture is worth a thousand words? This picture is a thousand words. This is the scene where, you know, Gordon's got to take Rachel out and uh, and they're surrounded by SWAT team and, and Gordon's like, what's that? And Batman's like, backup. And he throws the thing down the stairs. That scene where Batman jumps down and he opens his cape and there's the thousands of bats around him, which if you have the single disc version of the DVD as the front cover, that is my favorite scene of the whole entire film and my favorite image of Batman of all of history. It speaks so much words. It's undescribably awesome. Oh, I, I'm done. I, I, I can't say anymore. I mean, look at the picture. It speaks for itself. I, I can't say anything other than it's flipping amazing. I love it. Spectacular. Great. Uh, epic. Okay, let's move on. Because I, I, I could talk hours about that that whole scene. Oh, so good. And, you know, I, I love how Batman grabs Gordon. You know, Gordon goes in there and they're like, oh, we'll wait for SWAT. And Batman just grabs him and brings him all the way up. You don't even hear Gordon scream. I mean, how cool is that? How tough of a cop is flipping Gordon that he doesn't even scream when he gets picked up and goes like 50 or 100 feet up in the air? So good. I mean, that their relationship is totally solid. So good. Uh, I, I love this whole whole the whole uh you know man the whole uh batmobile just tearing up the city and the cop cars now you know technically he did run over two cop cars and really somebody could have been in there but you know that's that's a gray line we're not gonna cross okay uh i think he knew what he was doing i think he purposely knew where to go that he wouldn't kill anybody when he crushed those two cop cars. I'm just saying, okay? It's up for debate, but I don't think anybody was in there or, or killed anybody, but it, it looked flipping awesome. And, you know, The Dark Knight Rises looks to be so action-packed. It's unbelievable how action-packed it looks. So I'm very excited, and especially how the hell does Bane get, like, 50 tumblers, man? That's something I can't wait to see. So uh, I love the, the tumbler, and here's what's cool. Can we say Batpod? Because, you know, when uh, Batman goes, he's like, you know, hold on. And he goes inside the Batpod so he could shoot the, the missiles and stuff. You know, you could totally tell, hey, that's setting up the Batpod for the next movie. So I love it, man. We get pre-Batpod. Good stuff. And then uh, finally, Wayne Manor. You know, when, when we get the reveal that Ducard is, is Ra's al Ghul and, uh, and it's so good. And I just love his face. When uh, he's like, you know, you were my, uh, you were my greatest student, you know, it should be you that's beside me, and then, uh, and I love it when he's just like, you left me, you left me, uh, you burned my house, you left me to die, consider it even, which he didn't leave him to die. I mean, he specifically told that guy, you know, he, and the guy says, I'll tell him that you saved his life. So seriously, how did he leave him to die? So I mean, obviously his vengeance was a little bit off there. But the whole talk between Ducard and Bruce was just so good, and uh, and the ending is just man, this whole end sequence is just so good with uh, you know everybody being uh, with the toxin, and you see Batman flying, and he's got like the demon eyes everywhere, and you actually see Mister Zaz. Uh, you know, out of jail, which, you know, uh, that guy, if you don't know, he's really psychotic and cuts himself for every person that he kills. 
and uh, and of course when this is all happening we actually get the the scene of batman getting ready now versus all the other movies we got to see batman put on the suit and stuff but hey no nipples and no bat bat cock or cod pieces or or bat butts uh none of that stuff we actually just see the this you know the gloves go on the belt all the weapons we see him fly to to the tumbler so i love it man it's good stuff total respect uh for the character not making fun of him by showing his butt and all that other stuff good stuff i love it and uh when batman uh shows up you know he's he's flying shows up and he's like yeah i see you uh you took my bit about theatrics a little bit literally and i love how uh batman's like i can stop you and then uh you i love his face when uh there's like like what does he say he's like i could take two of your pawns and then he just looks at him and gives him a dirty face like a dirty look like i'm gonna beat the crap out of you man i love that 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 look was priceless man so good but uh this whole end sequence with the train okay uh let's talk about this the whole you know i'm not gonna kill you but i don't have to save you either okay people let's look at it this way i've kind of touched about this uh point on the previous episodes but as a recap for those of you who may not have tuned in for the other ones so i i said that uh you know batman's been killing the last couple of movies and in this one uh you know his whole code is not to kill but here's the thing you know if you remember at the end of the dark knight he was willing to sacrifice his own life to save jim jim gordon's kid you know his whole thing is that uh he's got to save the innocent person you know and if you put yourself in that situation that you're gonna die then so be it because he's gonna do whatever it takes to protect the innocent and uh, ducard did this to himself so he's not gonna murder and, and kill ducard he's just gonna let him ride out his own you know his own will you know he put himself in this position he's gonna let him ride the ride the train pun intended but here's the thing i mean that's his flipping trainer if he could get out i'm sure ducard got out which there's rumors that uh you know he may be in dark knight rises i don't know i don't care point is you don't see him die and if if batman can get out so so can he so i don't think he killed ducard at all i think he just said you know i'm not gonna murder you because the batman of batman returns would have easily killed him but he's just like i don't have to save you either as in like this is the path you chose and uh if you're headed you know if you're you want to head to hell instead of heaven then so be it you know if 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 as a bad example if you will but that that's essentially my my thought process on it he's still following by his code that uh he won't kill but he he will you know not necessarily save you if you know you're in a line of fire and you're the bad guy kind of thing so you know he's not going to sacrifice himself or sacrifice an innocent to save the bad guy so that's kind of like his moral code which i can go with and i respect and i can honor that so so yeah good stuff i love the end the ending is epic with uh, gordon making the bat logo and and you just hear him talk about escalation and and the best part of all is when he's like, I never said thank you. And he goes, you'll never have to either. And then he jumps off and then we see the and we see the Batman Begins title card. All right. So to wrap it on up, that's the end of my review. Obviously, score wise, I give it five stars. Uh, I love it. And here's the thing. I actually do love this movie over the Dark Knight. I'm one of the few in the minority that, that dig this flick over the Dark Knight. And here's the thing. I love The Dark Knight. I think it's a perfect film. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I give it five stars. But if I want to be depressed 
and I want to have a sad day and I want to cry, I'm going to throw the Dark Knight in. If I want to have a great, su- superb Batman film, want to have tons of action and tons of fun, make me think, I'm going to throw in Batman Begins, man. This is the Batman film I've always wanted. This is the Batman film I've always dreamed of. And uh, and I love it, man. It is so good. And if you say The Dark Knight Rises is the best, I'm not going to give you any crap. I'm going to be like, that's awesome. I'm glad you think so because, you know, 95% of the planet thinks so as well. But for me, Batman Begins obviously uh, has has over is so good that it's overcome all the movies that I love to be my number two spot. And it's been there since the first day I saw it. I instantly moved it to my number two spot. And it will forever stay in my number two spot. I really do feel. However, I do have a very, very strong feeling, and I mean strong, that The Dark Knight Rises, mark my words, will be better than Dark Knight and Batman Begins. I think it will be the best of the series. I really do. I'm not going off hype. I'm going off of everything that I see. It has the potential to be the best. Will I be disappointed if it's not the best? Of course I won't be. I just want an awesome movie. But I think it has the potential to be the best. So that's my review, guys, of Batman Begins. I flip and love it. It's amazing. My number two favorite film of all time. The greatest Batman film on the face of the planet. Oh, so good. I love it. So let's hear what the STL Nation has to say. Okay, our first email comes in from uh, Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian doesn't write in about Batman. He writes in about his top 10 of 2012 so far. And he said uh, his top 10 flicks of 2012 uh, released this year. Number one is Avengers. Number two is Brave, which I'm kind of surprised on. Uh, I've heard some bad things about it, um, that it's the worst Pixar film. But I haven't seen it yet, so I can't judge. Number three is Haywire. Kind of shocked by this. Haywire... uh, you know, I had a lot of problems with it. I think I gave it two and a half, three stars. Um, I didn't think it was very good. I'm kind of shocked to see it's your number three. But, hey, good on you, sir, if you really dug that film. Uh, Hunger Games, number four. Haven't seen it. Cabin in the Woods, number five. I can't wait to see that one. 21 Jump Street, number six. Love me some 21 Jump Street. And uh, you'll see how much I love 21 Jump Street probably in the next couple of months. I got something really special planned for the 21 Jump Street uh, TV show. Uh, so uh, be on the lookout for uh, 21 Jump Street uh, information coming to you. But uh, very good movie. Um, it could have toned down on the swearing and the sex stuff, but it did pay uh, tribute to the fans of the show. And then number seven is uh, Corey Lannis. I have no idea what that is. Number eight is Red Tails. Uh, number nine is Casa de May. Padre and number 10 is tomorrow when the war began Uh, obviously Sebastian loves the foreign films Uh, honorable mentions is the woman in black which I hated that movie safe house which I can't wait to see that movie and uh, Bill uh, Bill Amy and top 10 movies I have seen in 2012 
Um, these are the Great Dictator, number one. Number two is Chinese Box. Number three is The Debt. Number four is The Crow, which he had never seen The Crow before, but because of our podcast with uh, Ty and Stars, he went on and checked it out. Number five is Bullethead. Number six is The Orphanage. The Orphanage. Number seven is Roman Polanski's uh, Repulsation or Repuse. Ah. I can't read today. Sorry. Number eight is uh, Wind That Shakes the bar- Barley. Number nine is Gunless. And number 10 is uh, Passchendaele. And some song suggestions. Uh, Bayou Take a Number. Nicki Minaj featuring David uh, uh, Turn Me On, which I hate that song, so I'll never play that on the show, sir. Sorry. Uh, Ina, Sun It Up. Uh, Emily Santee next to me. Flow Rider, Good Feeling. Faith Evans featuring G Deep, uh, No Gets No Love, and Carl Thomas featuring Notorious B.I.G. Woke up in the morning. So thanks for your song suggestions, sir. Um, as far as me ever playing them, I have no idea. I have, I have the music pretty much planned out for the rest of the year, but we'll see how that goes. So thanks, sir, for writing in and giving your information to the STL on your uh, on your pick. So uh, our next one comes from uh, John, the Music Man. He's like, "Hello, everyone." This so far is my uh, favorite Batman movie, uh, mostly because I'm a sucker for good origin movies. What I like, how he traveled the world uh, to learn how the criminal uh, thinks. Uh, Morgan Freeman, his character, was perfect and played so well. Uh, He loves the spikes on his arm and how it showed up later. And the score, I really enjoyed this score. Uh, When you just listen to music, it puts you in a Batman mood. I can't explain it well. It just fits the movie, which I agree 100%, sir. John the Music Man from Philly. Thank you, sir, for writing in. Always a good time. And uh, and I hear you. It definitely puts you in the right mood. And uh, our next email comes from somebody who hasn't wrote in in a while. Great to hear from you, sir. And it's John the Mailman. He's like, hey, Mike, Batman Forever is a fun movie, and I love some of the stuff it, it has to get. Robin, I always liked and it was good to see him join the team the riddler played by jim carrey was perfect for him two-face was a letdown kiss from a rose was everywhere and i love that song this was the first batman i saw at the movies and walked out happy which glad i played kiss for a kiss from a rose for you sir because i love that song too Uh, i'm going to be doing the three batman movie marathon on the 19th and can't wait which my theater is actually doing that as well i was considered seeing that however um Due to my lack of funds and uh, the fact of uh, I'm not going to the midnight show. I'm actually going first thing Friday, um, which I just found out today will be at noon on Friday. That's when I'm going to go see it because my wife actually has a, a ticket to go see a free movie. However, you can't use it on special events. Well, a midnight show is considered a special event. And so it helps save money. Uh, and we only have to buy one ticket. We're going to go Friday morning so I can see it and hopefully not be spoiled. And then uh, he goes on to say that uh, Batman Begins is the best thing to happen to superhero movies since Superman the movie, which I agree 100%. Batman 89 was good, but Batman Begins and Superman goes so deep into the story and you're not worried about seeing the costumes, just watching with joy. I gave it a 5. Watching Bruce grow and become one of the greatest heroes ever is done so right. The backstory is great, the training is great, and the actors are perfect. I even like Katie Holmes. My favorite part is the whole training part. That's all I really have for now need to rewatch it having a lot of fun with the batman movies keep up the good work and thanks for the reward uh and all the nice things you said can't wait to get my stl statue uh john the mailman consider this email delivered uh yes sir 
Uh, I'm glad you liked your award. Uh, I, from the feedback I've gotten, everybody's liked their award. So um, if you haven't heard it yet, I gave out some awards on the Batman Forever episode. So go ahead and check that on out and see if you got uh, got picked. And if you did, see what award you won uh, on the STL Awards. It's towards the, obviously, the very end of the episode. It's about a half hour long. That's why that episode's a little longer than normal. So go check it out. He says, P.S., you seen Alphas? I did. I saw the first two episodes. I wasn't a big fan. Uh, I love... Uh, I love the guy from New York Undercover, though. That guy is always awesome. Uh, however, uh, I haven't checked it out. So uh, you'll have to let me know, sir, on our in our group. Let me know if it's gotten uh, gotten better and if I should go check it out again. So uh, so thank you, sir, for writing in. Always a good time. So that was John the Mailman. So our next one, oh, boy. What happens, guys, when we get a new STL member? What happens? Banzai, Danielson! That's right. We got a new member of the STL Nation. That's what we play. We play that clip whenever we get a new member. It's been a long time since I got to play that clip. So thank you, guys. Uh, I've missed it. It's some good times. And this one comes from from, uh, good old DMV Empire, David. uh, And and I already gave him his nickname. It's uh, Emperor David. And and here's the thing why why I gave him this nickname. Now, as I mentioned in the awards ceremony, uh, David Vox Mullen is uh, he is the guy that um, produces all of these podcasts over there. Uh, like any new TV show, like there's a Fringe podcast. Um, there's one for uh, persons of interest. There's a wrestling one on there. And uh, Jameson the Great, uh, his show Movie Mojo Monthly is part of that. And they call it the the David Vox Mullen Empire is how they call it but uh, I call him the emperor because you know since he's such the boss and, and he's got all this crap underneath him and uh, and he's he's a good sport so I figured I call him the emperor because you know he's just uh, you don't want to mess with that guy he's the uh, you know he, he's got thousands of listeners uh, well not him per se but uh, the podcast he produced has thousands of listeners so the guy's flipping famous so I'm going to give him crap and just call him emperor emperor David so hopefully you like that sir that's your nickname emperor david and uh emperor david writes and he's like batman begins the entire nolan batman trilogy has gotten to be the most exciting satisfying and yet bittersweet comic book film trilogy of all time i remember not even being interested in going to see batman begins because i was thinking sure it's just another guy in a bat suit once again but as i sat in the movie theater i began to see batman year one unfold in front of my very eyes i thought they finally got it right i've never been so satisfied by a comic to film ad- 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 adaptation in my life. I love the real life gritty reality of what it would be like if an actual billionaire who had limitless resources decided he was going to become a vigilante. Bittersweet because I'm ready to say goodbye to this trilogy simply because it has to end, but happy because I can at least continue to feed my real life Batman with Jonathan Nolan's CBS hit series Person of Interest, which by the way, we have on a podcast only at dvmpe.com. He he he. Uh, rock on David Vox Mullen, uh, a.k.a. David the Emperor. So uh, so thank you, David the Emperor, for writing in. Uh, appreciate it, sir. I'm glad you're officially part of the STL Nation. You've been part of the group, but now you've officially crossed the line and made it as the member. So our next email. Man, we have a lot of emails, so thank you, guys. You 
I think you've made this the most email episode ever. So uh, this one comes from Cheerful Charlie, uh, which I'm still mad at, but uh, uh, because he refuses to go see The Dark Knight Rises. But we'll talk about that at another podcast. He's like, hey, Masunas, I watched Batman Begins yesterday on Blu-ray. Forgot what an incredible movie that was. The cast was incredible in their roles. I loved all the Batman character mentions. Didn't know that there was also an IMAX prelude to Batman Begins that they included on the Blu-ray which uh, that's actually uh, the Dark Knight uh, IMAX prelude is what actually got attached. Christian Bale was incredible as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. I picked up the Dark Knight on Blu-ray. Gotta love those 996 Blu-rays at Walmart, which hopefully you waited, sir, till you got the exclusive cover. Uh, Walmart just recently released both of them that has an exclusive Walmart cover. So hopefully you waited. Uh, and he says, anyway, looking forward to the Dark Knight Rises, but I'm going to wait for it to come out on Blu-ray. Because, yeah. Okay, so Charlie says that he's seen, uh, the only movies he's seen this year in the theater were superhero movies. And his girlfriend doesn't want to see The Dark Knight Rises, so he's going to wait. So my thought is is that you guys compromise. And that day, you say, let's go see a movie you want to see. And then after that movie's done, we go see The Dark Knight Rises. We compromise. But he doesn't want to do that, and he says it won't work, or I forget his reasoning behind it. So I keep teasing him about it because I don't know, man. I, man, even if my wife said she wouldn't go with me, I would still go by myself. Forget that whole wait till DVD stuff because this is a movie you cannot have spoiled for you. And waiting till DVD, you will be spoiled. So I'll tell you, sir, man, you got to do it, man. You got to find a way to go see this film. No matter what you do, kiss as much ass as you can, sir, because you need to go see this film. That's my that's what I'm saying, sir. So I'm not going to let up on you until I hear you say, I'm going to the theater to watch The Dark Knight Rises. When you do that... I will give you some props and start clapping for you, sir, on the next episode the following week because you need to see this film in theater, sir. Uh, Every time Wendy and I go to a movie, it it seems to be a superhero-related movie. And since, in her eyes, The Dark Knight Rises would be a superhero movie, I decided to wait till it comes out on Blu-ray. Anyway, looking forward to the next podcast. So thank you, Cheerful Charlie, uh, for writing in, which I don't think you're too cheerful if you got to wait for The Dark Knight Rises, sir. But... uh, do what you need to do, sir. So thanks again for writing in. I'll give you more crap on the board, sir. And uh, our next email comes from uh, good old Anthony, the epic emailer, uh, writes in again. And uh, he's like, hello there, Masunas. Right off, I want to say uh, that, you're, that you've done a terrific job in doing the old school Batman films, especially enjoyed the one you did with Jason. As not only did you talk about Batman and Robin, but a variety of other things, which, yeah, I love recording that episode. It was so much fun. I had a complete blast. So thank you, sir, for the props. I really appreciate it. This is by far the best uh, episodes I've ever re- had the privilege of recording. Uh, these ones are are just awesome, man. This is the best series I've ever done. I just I love it. It's so good. Uh, especially, uh, it goes somewhat surprised when you said that you haven't received any emails for Batman Begins, which I hadn't. Uh, so to continue support. Uh, my monkeyer as the epic emailer as well as STL award winner I decided to go ahead and send you this one uh, when I first heard about this movie being done I had no real issue on seeing it and it took me a long it took 
it took me a long time to see it when it was released on DVD. Even when it was on DVD, I didn't feel that I needed to see it. Once I finally did see it on TV, no less, I had to berate myself because it was an amazing movie. It felt more quote-unquote real to what happened in the previous films than it was possible for someone to actually do what Bruce Wayne was doing if he had his resources. Uh, there wasn't any actor that I disliked and felt that for the most part they fitted for what they were trying to do. Not including the ones who played Bruce, Alfred and Fox... Uh, since it's most likely that they'll be getting a good amount of uh, opinion praise as the series continues to be reviewed. Uh, but I wish to give my thoughts about the two villains. To me, I would consider Ra's al Ghul somewhat as an anti-hero, as in some aspects, he was doing what he felt was right, uh, the right thing for man and the Earth, which I can agree with you on that, sir. Liam Neeson did a great job portraying the character and shifted nicely from the mentor-slash-friend of Bruce to his enemy. I also like how Crane-slash-the-Scarecrow uh, by Chillian Murphy felt that the Scarecrow could be uh, pulled, off, uh, pulled off a good movie as one of the main factors, and although he wasn't the top villain, he still did a terrific job uh, what was wanted. Also, I like that they brought him back at the start of the second movie, as although it was mostly a cameo, but at least they showed that he wasn't got uh, he wasn't going to be thrown aside and forgotten. Rating-wise, I'd give it a 4.5 out of 5. There's only a few snippets uh, that keeps it from getting a 5, but by no means does did it get removed. Uh, did it remove how enjoyable this movie was if you haven't seen it yet you're a fool if that's the case you must watch it and even if you have watched it again since the dark knight rises is coming out uh, that's all for my email hopefully this helps to make up for the lack of ones to be sent to stl uh, we'll be looking forward to hear that uh, to hear what you say about the nolan films compared to the previous series masuna see ya anthony the epic email thank you sir for writing in always a good time sir and uh, and we have a new STL member. Banzai Danielson! Hey, Banzai! 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 All right, our uh, our newest STL member uh, is Tawana Williams, and uh, Tawana Williams. Uh, you know, she's been wondering, she's like, I got to write in, I got to get my nickname. So, uh, here's, here's your nickname. Uh, and I think it fits perfect for you. It's, uh, Tawana Diverse City Williams. Couple reasons why you get this one. Uh, what's really cool is she's a, she's a long time listener and first time writer. Uh, she is, uh, man, number one, she loves Toby Mac and Toby Mac is, uh, is the leader of the Diverse City Band, which Toby Mac is, you know, my favorite artist of all time. Uh, so number one, you get brownie points for that. Number two, the amount of movies she likes is so diverse. And uh, she always has interesting uh, and great movies that she loves, that she loves to talk about. And they're so different from one another. So she always has a very diverse range of films, which is awesome because, you know, I'd like to think that I'm diverse. But she's really, like, diverse. Like, she likes some movies like uh, Donnie Darko, which I've never seen before. Or, like, she'll start talking rant then the next sentence will be about american pie i mean she goes all over the place and she just has a very good time sweetheart uh all she's very caring and uh and diverse city is is the perfect because of the fact of uh number one on, on the last time she's like what's that what's that song you played in movie and music news and i was like oh that's toby max new single 
And she's like, oh, I love me some Toby Mac now. I'm a fan. And I was like, man, that's awesome. So that's your nickname, girl, Tawana Diver City Williams. I think it fits you perfect. I hope you like your nickname. So there you go. So uh, Tawana writes in and she goes, hello, Mike Mac Masunas and the STL Nation. I am a longtime listener to the podcast. Uh, just haven't written in until now. But as one who listens to a whole bunch of podcasts, STL is my favorite. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I can't even express how awesome it is. You know, John John the Mailman told me that uh, a while ago that I was his favorite podcast. I'm like, get out of here. And then uh, today, John the Music Man said that. And then you saying that, it's just, man, this this episode's so awesome. So thank, thank you three uh, so much for saying that. It, it means so much to me. Uh, for you to say that because there's so many awesome, excellent podcasts out there. For you to consider my show as your favorite is just, uh, it's, uh, it, oh, I, I can't express, uh, the words. And, uh, and you, and she went on to say that STL is my favorite because it spotlights both music and movies, uh, which to me have always gone hand in hand when it comes to rewatching these movies from my childhood, which, that was always my vision from from day one was to mix movies and music together because they go hand in hand, peanut butter and jelly. You can't have one without the other, you know. So uh, I'm glad that uh, that you see that vision as well. So uh, she goes on to say, so what I can say about Batman Begins, it hasn't been said already. Uh, not sure, but I just remember being really excited about seeing Nolan's take on the character because I was a huge fan of Memento. After seeing the movie, I became hopeful that Warner Brothers in DC uh, getting their act together with Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, etc. Well, I remain hopeful that the new man is still... Uh, film will be the best yet and i'm looking forward uh to loving every bit of it uh thank you uh so much for all that you do masunas take care tawana diverse city williams so thank you so much for writing in you are officially a part of the stl nation i'm glad finally longtime twitter follower and uh and listener has officially become part of the nation so thank you so much for writing in i really really appreciate it and uh, we got another new stl member that's right folks another one All right, my best uh, movie friend in the whole entire world wrote in, uh, Thad. And uh, Thad, dude, you don't need a nickname. Your name's cool enough. So uh, Thad Schrader has wrote in uh, for the first time ever. We've been longtime friends. He gives me all my coolest shirts, the shirt uh, that you saw me and Jameson in, and then the one over in Flicks where Jason put himself in the picture. That came from my boy, Thad. And uh, first time ever writing in. So thank you, sir. You are officially part of the STL Nation. He goes on the right and say, uh, got a rush. I'm behind for other stuff this weekend. Go figure. I like the beginning and didn't mind the revamping again of his parents' death. The encounter with the mob boss in the cafe was excellent. Showed just how much power the man had and how little regard he had towards the upstart kid of a dead man. The accuracy of his training was awesome. I loved the twist of Ra's al Ghul being Liam Neeson's character and coming back later at the end to show his long-term plans that uh, had been set up. Also, the name that Leeson used when first meeting Bruce is an actual name from the comics of the guy that really did give Bruce his training. Gary Ullman was an excellent choice for Gordon. Great actor. Brought depth and believability to the character. Katie Holmes was perfect as his love interest too. I think she showed that she can be an excellent actress and not just the girl from Dawson's Creek. 
Uh, Gizmos and gadgets were very smart, and having Morgan Freeman as the man behind the bat was sweet too. Wish I had more time, but I tried. Later, dude. So thank you, Thad, so much for writing in, sir. I know we all enjoy you over on the board, so uh, I can't wait to hear from you more in the future, sir. Uh, So let's get to our next email. And uh, and our last email uh, comes from uh, good old Jameson the Great. And, uh, and Jameson the Great uh, writes in and uh, has some awesome things to say. Uh, he goes on to say, Hey, Masunas, so uh, we finally made it to Batman Begins. What a journey. It's not earth-shaking to say that this movie is incredible. Obviously, most everyone listening has seen it and hopefully loved it. For me, it represents a landmark occasion in film. Uh the decision to reboot Batman wasn't necessarily a no-brainer. At the time, film versions of Batman were a punchline, and it had been quite a while since a successful movie based on our hero had been made. DC was struggling with its film ab- adaptation, and Warner Brothers had been burnt before uh by this uh, in comes a man who's uh, not known for directing blockbusters or even action per se he suggests rejuvenating uh, uh, this hero but not focusing on the hero part of the film oh and you know all those villains uh, we've all known from the previous movies and old tv series we're gonna go with the ones most of you have never heard of. Crazy, right? Somehow Christopher Nolan convinced the studio to just trust him and make his movie, his take on Batman, and it rocked my world. Much like Superman is right now, Batman needed capital letters this to be successful or risk becoming a laughing stock for years. One more bat, bat bomb would have buried this franchise and film for decades. But Nolan and his perfect cast absolutely destroyed that. Every nuance and moment was perfectly realized. There were no rushing into anything. It paced itself perfectly throughout. The choice to go with Hans Zimmer and his deliberate yet forceful soundtrack was inspired. Opting to have uh, a theme opting to have no ugh, I'm sorry guys I'm having a wrong a rough night opting to not have a theme song but more a driving force rumbling underneath the f- film still awes me I'll let everyone else talk about favorite scenes and such but I just want to say I am thankful for this movie coming along when it did it inspired me and it set the new bar for not only comic book movies but film in general so yeah I liked it. Take care, Jameson, self-proclaimed STL legend. So thank you, sir, for writing in. And uh, and thank you guys so much uh, for all your emails. This is definitely uh, the most email-centric episode ever. Uh, and this is such a perfect episode, period. So uh, so thank you. Thank you guys so much. So uh, let's, get to, uh, let's get to the music spotlight. All right, music spotlight time. Now, uh, I was going to do a recap of uh, of all the songs I played so far, but I'm going to wait till next month uh, when I'm almost done with the music spotlight series. If you wanted to know what each song was played at the end, if you just go into uh, you know your iPod or if you're in iTunes and you just right-click on the episode and just hit show description, or if you're in your iPod, you just hit the circle until you get to the info of the show. It tells you what the last episode songs were. 
just in case you uh, you needed to know. Otherwise, I will be doing a, a quick recap uh, of the songs uh, next month uh, before the uh, or probably on the last episode when it, when it's all ended. So I, I've been enjoying the summer music uh, series. Uh, I loved last week bringing back Monster from Skillet. That was the first song I ever played on STL. However. Due to my technical difficulties, that song was really jacked up and it was so distorted. And I finally got to play it the way it should have been. So I'm I'm so excited I was able to bring back the ultimate classic, the song from Episode 1, Adventures in Babysitting. And uh, now it's time to... Uh, to do uh, two songs that I absolutely love. Of course, the first one's a song that most people haven't heard, and the second one is a song that everybody's heard. Uh, however, these two uh, are really flipping amazing. Now, this uh, for what I'm playing here is uh, is a class is another classic that I'm bringing back that I played before. Uh, it's flipping amazing, and uh, and the band is just awesome. It's a band that I recently got into last year. And uh, I've gotten two of the STL members, John the Music Man and uh, and uh, Monday Night Jason, into uh, into this band, which I think I got Monday Night Jason. I can't remember, but anyways, I know for sure John the Music Man. Uh, excellent song. Uh, it's it's just it's amazing. Check it out. And then the second one um, is uh, is a great popular song, but the guest vocalist is one is the lead singer of uh, of one of my all time favorite bands. Uh, it's a great song. Both of them are great song, and uh, and they're and hey, chicks, chicks rock these two songs. So check it out, guys. Uh, as far as the episode goes, that's it. We're done. Uh, if you want to write in, uh, I do have two email addresses. Uh, Yahoo's been kind of stupid lately, so if you want to write in, it's sweet delay podcast yahoo.com or. Uh, I got a Gmail address now. It's stlpodcast at gmail.com. So if you email to the Yahoo, CC the, the Gmail address because Yahoo, sometimes I don't always get all the emails. Follow on Twitter. It's stlpodcast on Twitter. And don't forget to join our Facebook group. A lot of fun times there. A lot of members. We got 25 right now. It's good times. It's the STL Nation Randomness group. And, uh, and uh, be sure to uh, be on the lookout next week. Got something really cool along with uh, the Dark Knight uh, review. Uh, I'm going to try to get that out to you Tuesday just because Friday is the day that I'm going to be seeing the Dark Knight Rises. So depending on how much space I have left because I only have a certain quota that I'm allowed to upload during a month, I may have to release both of those uh, together as one episode, the Dark Knight slash Dark Knight Rises. I'll keep you guys posted, but either way, uh, get your emails in by Tuesday because that's when I'm going to be recording the Dark Knight uh, if all goes well. Otherwise, Friday night will be an episode. So be on the lookout, guys. And uh, and that's it, guys. I had a blast. I loved this episode. I thought it was awesome. I, it was just so much fun. So I hope you guys enjoy the music spotlight. It's excellent. And uh, you guys take care, and I will see you on the next episode. Masunas out.
How can you see?